everyone welcome back to another episode of don't be so dramatic my name is rachel and this is the podcast where i talk to different people in the entertainment industry to discover what their job involves and how they got there For this week's episode, I have with me Mike Cotton Stapleton. Mike is an agent and he is the founder of the agency MCSM. I always love talking to agents because I feel like they're this anomaly in the industry. They're either like someone that people are kind of scared of or nervous around, or they're just like this aloof kind of person that people don't really know much about. So I always find it so interesting to find out about their backstory and about why they became an agent and Mike is certainly no exception to that. I really enjoyed finding out about why Mike became an agent and his experience in starting an agency. How does one uh, create and start an agency? It's such an interesting question and I love uh, Mike's story about that and his journey so I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, you can give us a rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And if you'd like to reach out to us and say that you enjoyed this episode, all of the contact info is below as well. So without further ado, let's jump in. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this morning. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thanks, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. As I was saying to you just before, it's been a busy uh, Saturday morning. We're recording this on a Saturday. Um, so, you know, happy to sit down and talk about all things the entertainment industry with you, um, which is going to be very exciting. So you are an agent in the industry. You have founded MCSM. Um, so I'm very interested to learn where your interest in the entertainment industry as a whole first started out? Sure. Yeah, no, look, I I love talking about myself. (laughs) (laughs) I I love talking about the biz, so I'm happy to chat about it. Um, Yes, it is. MCSM is my baby. Um, But I I guess my kind of entry into the industry was acting. I went to drama school um, called Ada. Um, Australian Academy of Dramatic Art, which has now been absorbed by AIM, mm. Hills, but it was just its own sort of drama school back then. And I mean, look, I I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life, but something about it was attractive. And so I did three years there and made some really great friends. And I kind of feel I learned to show off professionally. I didn't really fully get educated on what acting was, I don't think. I just got a really nice flavour for it. Mm-hmm. And I came out into the industry and I got I had a couple of agents in, in that time. I was sort of acting for about six or seven years in my 20s. And, you know, I did the whole gamut. I auditioned for lots of things, booked barely any of them, um, but got a really good sense of how things work and got to know the casting agents and made lots of acting friends and partied a lot. And it was, look, it was a really good time. Mm-hmm. But I got to about 30 and realised, look, I'm just kind of sitting around talking about acting and not doing it. It's that very common disease that actors catch of um, called complacency. And, you know, I've, I fell, fell to it. And so decided I've got to bounce out. 
and just accept that this isn't me. But I love the industry. I love the craft of acting. I'm still very passionate about it. And I want to find a place within it. And I, I sort of felt instinctively that um, this side of the fence would be good for me. Not that I'd done it before, but I definitely wasn't shy about giving my opinion to my friends around <laughs> their acting. And right. you know, whether they wanted it or not, I certainly gave it to them. And I, I sort of <laughs> love that process. And, and um, I just felt this was a good way in. And so I, I looked around, knocked on doors and realised it was way harder than I thought to get into. Uh, went and got a degree in entertainment business, thinking that would help me knock on more doors. Mm. And then an opportunity came up to just start my own business. So I just went, fuck it, pressed the button, started, reached out to casting agents, knew lots of actors. So I kind of used that um, source, I guess. And before I knew it, MCSM was born. And so I've just been trying to grow it continuously since then. That was probably 2016. Mm. Yeah, I think... um... It's a very common thing that people in the industry start out as actors because that's kind of the um, job role that the general um, world knows as, oh, okay, you're in the entertainment industry, you must be an actor kind of thing. And it's a great way to discover what other things in the industry that you like. And it is very common to go, you know what, I'm actually not an actor. I am a director and that's what I want to do because actors are in contact with pretty much every single other role in the industry, whether that be, you know, actually working one-on-one with them or um, having interactions with them on set or in a theatre or something like that. So it's such a, a common thing. Um, And I think people get a little bit scared of that whole, well, I've gone to drama school and I've put effort in, like, as you say, you put 10 years of effort into acting Mm -hmm. and people get scared of, oh, but if I give up acting now, does that mean I'm a failure? Does that mean that I failed as an actor sort of thing? So it must have been a very interesting transition to still being like, well, I like the industry, so what am I going to do, you know? Yeah, no, that's a it's a really good point. It's um, it's like moss to a flame. I think the act, acting is the flame, and it just attracts people because at first it feels really easy from the outside. Mm. All those skills that appears to be well, I can do that. <laughs> so it attracts everyone, and then everyone gets in and has a look and realizes, oh wow, this is actually one of the hardest things on the planet. Um, but it allows people. It's one of those careers I think that once you do it for a little bit, like you said, you sort of get access to different areas of the industry. And it's, it's one of those industries where people pivot all the time hmm. from, you know, casting to directing to management to whatever. Um, and I think that's one of the beautiful things. And I think it was a really scary decision. I felt like I was letting something go hmm. um, that I thought I dreamt of for years. I don't know. It, you know, I look back now and, and think um, it just wasn't the right fit for me, but at the time, yeah, it definitely felt scary and weird and I felt like I was disappointing my friends. I felt like I was a quitter. Went through all that sort of stuff, but, you know, thank God I did. Yeah. But well, that, what I'm doing now is right for me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that must have been really hard, to say the least, to feel like, yeah, it's those big decisions. It's like you know in your gut it's the right decision, but it's also completely terrifying. And so it's taking that leap. And then once the leap works out and you do land on your feet, you're like, oh, my God, thank God. But it never makes that taking the leap any easier in any part of your life. (laughs) It doesn't. And, you know, it's actually a really 
important step that I think every actor needs to assess at, at certain points. And I have to say it's not encouraged enough because mm. I do see obviously a lot of actors who are born for it. They're fabulous. This is what they're meant to do. And I love those actors. They're, and, you know, that's, they're, they're doing their thing. But yeah. you see a lot of people forcing themselves into a career because, it, you know, they want it to be their job. And they want to be an actor as opposed to, am I actually an actor? Am I actually really any good? Does it feel natural to me? Um, am I actually joyous on this journey? You know, there's lots of stuff that I think needs, needs to be assessed. And I think that should be more encouraged. It's just so taboo, though. Yeah. Hey, um, are you sure you're in the right field? <laughs> you can't, can't say it's too risky, you know. It can be very hurtful and, and you just sound like an asshole. So you, a lot of people avoid that conversation, I think. Definitely. I think one thing that, uh, you know, I kind of try and avoid talking about COVID because it's really boring now. Um, But one thing that lockdown and COVID um, personally was grateful was I feel like multiple times I was like, do I actually want to be an actor? Like, do I? Because Mm -hmm. I could just, you know, tap out now because we're all in lockdown. What are we doing? Like, yes, people like this is a great time to do all these self tapes and all of these online classes and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do I do I want to do that? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, each time the answer is yes. But in the future, it could be no. And that's okay. So I think it's, you know, even if you don't want to have those conversations with other people, it's still important to have that and be really honest with yourself. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, then who can you be honest with, you know? Exactly. Yeah, that self-reflection is so important. And there's so, like, it's not the, you know, there's so many amazing other jobs in this industry that are just as valid, just as awesome, we as an you know as an audience need them just as much um you, you doing a podcast that's extraordinary i love that and in fact i've dreamt of doing something like that but just have <laughs> guts to to jump in and try it so you know i just you know and i think in australia it's a bit more um uh there's just less opportunity i guess mm. in la there are people making millions of every single facet of this industry you know youtubers podcasts um voiceover the whole bit and Mm. so it's just you know pivoting and trying different things over there is really encouraged Mm. i don't know if it's as encouraged you but yeah i think it's also you know the the people that you surround yourself with and what they're doing Mm. um i definitely feel like i when I look at my group of friends who are in the industry, less and less are my friends with actors, which is really funny. Like, not that I'm not friends with actors, but I just find that a lot of my friends are um, directors or um, they own a production company or something like that, which is very helpful because you can call on them when you need them. But it also um, means that I um, have the experience of being around people who are making their own work. So my experience of the industry is very much like, yes, we, we are making our own work and stuff like that. Whereas, as you say, some actors don't have that around them. And so, and it's not like outwardly being encouraged by every single person and it's not a known thing. And I think it's really important to explore that aspect because, 
you know, there there isn't a, um, an array of opportunity in Australia, which is okay, but you can you have the ability in this day and age with all the technology technology to yeah. create your own work and so why not create that opportunity for yourself a hundred percent and look and this i'm very much about this on a personal level because that was my journey but you know I, ironically professionally i'm all for actors being actors because that's actually what i represent i don't manage directors or writers i'm very mm. much just acting um, so I don't want anyone listening to think that I'm all about, hey, get out of acting. Um, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. It just was my journey. But I definitely encourage the self-reflection side of things. And um, I think, you know, as, 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 in any, as any artist, you kind of, as you grow and mature, you sort of got to allow where you place that creative energy to sort of go along with it, I think. Mm, yeah, definitely. So as an agent and mm-hmm. creating your own business, creating your own business in any industry is a lot of work and um, looks difficult. Um, I can't, I can't say it is because I don't have my own business, so I don't know. Um, So how did that idea come about? How did you think, you know what, I am, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to start my own agency. How do you do all the ins and outs of becoming an agency? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, well, I, so me and a friend, a friend came to me and said, hey, let's apply for this space in Paddington. It's owned by the city of Sydney, um, the, next to the Chevelle Cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's um, take it over at a subsidised rate and turn it into this film industry buzzing hub thing. Um, this was the objective. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And, you know, as part of this application, to City of Sydney for us to take it over, I'm going to say that I'm going to start an agency. That sounds cool, right? And so we did in the application, said that I was going to do that as long as, you know, he's going to do this and that. And we had all these beautiful plans on this business plan that we created. Um, Cut forward, we, um, out of so many applicants, I can't remember how many there were, maybe 20, we ended up winning the bid and we got it. And so I was like, oh, my God. Now I have to start an agency because we put it on a contract to see yeah. And so in a weird way, I was kind of forced into it. And mm. I'm so glad I was because if I wasn't, I would have just gone the safer route, which is maybe work for a bigger agent, learn the ropes and then bounce out after five years, take a few actors with me mm. with an already kind of up and running system, which is usually what that's the general sort of way most agents out there have done it. Mm. Um, but I just kind of, launched in that way so I was forced into it a little bit um and then it was trial and error mate Jesus Christ I made some mistakes at the beginning had no real idea of what what I was doing just this sort of instinct and a a basic notion of was obviously how things work but obviously like any business the nuts and bolts are always way more convoluted and and whatnot so I just kind of had to try and get it wrong and Thankfully, you know, the casting agents here are so lovely, I will say. We're really lucky. Everyone's very friendly. They want everyone to succeed. You know, there was, so there was a very sort of open-armed kind of approach to me, I will say. So that was very helpful. And I had a few other sort of people that were friends in the industry that kind of gave me some support. Um, I just had to figure it out. I made a million mistakes, but slowly but surely, you just figure it out along the way. Mm. So yeah, starting was brutal, um, but I just 
like any business just kind of got a little bit better day by day. Yeah. And I can definitely tell you, I've been podcasting for three and a half years and I'm still making mistakes. It never stops. <laughs> never ends that mistake bit, does it? No, you never get to it. And as an actor as well, of course, I'm making mistakes as an actor. But that's the funny thing about it because you get to laugh at it at the end of the day and be like, oh, remember when I completely fucked up that entire take? <laughs> you're not and, making, looked... and it's true. If you're not making mistakes, you're not really trying, I think. Yeah. You're not, definitely not growing. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just don't think it's possible to do anything without a million mistakes along the way. Oh, definitely. Well, to try and just lean into it and go, it's cool, whatever. And I think we, and I think for me, you know, the, my concern always was, well, these mistakes lead to my reputation being ruined forever and I'll never come back from that. You know, there's highly dramatic thinking that would go on. <laughs> I've now realized that actually no one cares. No. You make a mistake, like whatever. It's just you that really cares. And so mm. learning to let go of the gravity I'd place on those mistakes was really important. Mm. And just going, well, I'm just trying, just be honest and try and put one foot in front of the other. Oh, definitely. I think that honesty in who you are and just owning your shit is the most important thing. Like I've made mistakes in podcasting with like people that I have felt are very important people. Mm. And I didn't die I'm yeah. still here. I'm still podcasting. They don't hate me. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, well, I can still, right. you know, I can still book people on the podcast, even though I messed up with that person. It does not matter. And I imagine it's similar for an agent, you know, when you are uh, dealing with people who you consider to be important to you and you make a mistake and you're like, yep. Um, yep, I did make a mistake. That was my bad. Um, sorry, guys. Yeah. That's it. And I think I think people kind of like the authenticity of the mistake as well. It's kind of human and it sort of brings you a little bit closer. If anything, they're like, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's cool. He stuffed up. Um, that's what I found. Um, you know, people sort of appreciate the authenticity around it instead mm. of, oh, you made a mistake, therefore you're out. It just hasn't happened. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm really curious about when you do start an agency, obviously you need actors um, to yeah. sign, to have on your books. So you said that you did know some actors yeah. um, and I'm imagining that you did approach some of them. But how? what is the process of like when you start an agency and it's a new agency and you haven't been an agent prior to this, how yep. do you approach people to be like, hey, I know I haven't been an agent previously, <laughs> but yep. I'm just going to give it a go. Do you want to sign with me? How does that process go? Yeah, look, I mean, look, that's kind of the million dollar question is what, what do you say in those sort of pitch meetings in a sense. At the start, I, I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's um, an insane number of actors versus a rather small body of work mm. so that, imbalance means there's a lot of actors out there who are keen to you know at least have access to those opportunities so there's that overflow um which certainly helps for a newbie like me to sort of attract some actors um and it was just a combination of people i was at drama school with or a friend of a friend or um because i started work started that um hub at cobstar at the cheval cinema um you know, that was kind of a hive of opportunity with people hearing about it and and calling and emailing and asking questions. 
And so it's attracting actors is just a combination of social media, word of mouth, friend of a friend, luck, whatever. Mm. Uh, no rhyme or reason to it. And at the start, it was definitely that. Hey, look, this is who I am. This is what I've done up, up until this point. I'm keen. I'm hungry. I like you. Can you mm. give it a go? Mm. And slowly that as I've done more and achieved more and whatnot, obviously that sort of changes the language changes in those meetings now but at the start yeah it was just a um i have no fucking idea are you willing to hold my hand along the way and see if we can make some magic happen mm. and thankfully some of them did and i still rep a couple of those actors who i joined who were my, in my oh, first wow. team wow yeah i think there's I've, I've still got two of them two or three um um who have stayed along the way and have been there right from the beginning Oh, that's really exciting mm, and I nice. Love, love so that. if they ever leave you, you're going to be super mad. Yeah, that's a real kick in the heart, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I don't think they will, thank God. But who knows, anything's possible. Anything's possible. True. Um, and, you know, when you first started out to now, how do you now deal with the idea of being being a person, being an agent, and mm. obviously you have these actors to look after and you're also getting emails in from pers- prospective actors wanting to sign with you. So you're also having to deal with that energy coming your way. So you're managing these people, but then you're also putting your energy out to casting directors and saying, hey, I think you should listen to me. I've got this actor and this actor, um, that sort of thing. And I'm sure you deal with directors and producers occasionally as well. Um, I like to ask this question to casting directors as well, because I feel like it's very similar. They have actors coming in. They have all this energy that they're also having to match that energy when um, auditioning actors. But then they're also having to deal with the people that hired them. Um, for the project to cast the right people so with an agent it's kind of similar you have all of these uh, things that you're trying to handle at the same time and I really wonder how you deal with that mentally and how you make time for yourself and how you don't fall apart yeah that's a good question there's lots of there's lots of different hats you have to wear actually you can't you know there's the kind of nurturing um you know, best friendly sort of energy to the to your actors who you currently represent. Then you got to wear your business hat for those kind of tougher conversations with uh, producers or when negotiating. Um, you know, there's there's lots of different energies always. That's so so right. How do I deal with it? I don't know. I just kind of I, I enjoy it. Mm. So I think that helps. Um, I think I authentically enjoy the process. Um, and some tasks are easier than others. I mean, I think. It's really nice when actors reach out and they want you to represent them. That's a really easy, um, enjoyable task. You know, it's just looking at a show reel and if they're right, you say, hey, let's meet. If not, thanks, but no thanks. You know, there's nothing stressful about that task. And and also dealing with my current actors is a real pleasure. I um, I have to say it was, wasn't the same when I first started as I was just figuring out um, how to read people and people's behaviour and how to navigate it. And, you know, you sort of have to learn not so much how to manage talent, but more so how to manage people. Mm. That was learning that skill was um, was tricky and just through figuring it out and patience and standing by 
my beliefs. I now have a roster of extraordinary humans, and I really mean that. I'm very lucky. So dealing with them is a real pleasure. So again, not an energy sap. Um, and, and, and the industry is pretty friendly in Australia. We are. We all try and help each other out, even agents with other agents. I'm good friends with a few agents, and we operate with a friendly kind of approach to each other. And the casting agents are the same. They're very friendly. So, you know, essentially we're not out there saving lives per se. We're in the entertainment industry and at the root of it, it's all about a bit of joy and fun. Mm. And so thankfully most people approach it like that. The power of being a good person, it's something I say to my actors, even as a strategy, it's a, it's just a better way to be. It, it's recognised really quickly when you're a good human and you operate you know with integrity and you're kind and you're respectful and grateful and you do those things people recognize it and they go god i want to work with you and i want to work hard for you um and you it just sort of um attracts more opportunity oh it definitely does even you know recently i had someone reach out i hadn't worked with them in about five years and the other week they messaged me and said hey i've got this film um and I just think that you'd be great for this part and I was like that is so random that you would Mm. reach out to me but I remember specifically on that set not that it's like I have to wake up and be like Rachel don't be a bitch today be the nice version (laughs) of yourself but I remember that was the period in my career where I really started to be like okay how am I showing up to set like what time am I showing up even though the call sheet says blah and how am I dealing with the crew members like you know am I treating them like they are just exactly like me and doing more work mind you I definitely think that cameramen and soundies and all that do so much more work than actors I mean they're showing up before you and they're leaving after you so you know and so it's just such a an example of like you know, even though if you are nice to someone on set, years later they can remember that and be like, oh, yeah, you were definitely great to work with. It's such an important thing to do. It's so important. And those sets, like, they're a heat lamp mm. of stress and everyone is certain that their job is the most important and everyone else's job falls slightly beneath theirs. <laughs> and so generally <laughs> people are bouncing off each other with that mindset of just so we're clear my job is slightly more important than yours and that's where and and being able to sort of take a breath and just respect people's stress and stay in your own lane and those things they get noted mm. go, yeah that guy was fabulous to work with mm. let's Again. work on yourself first and <laughs> foremost <laughs> which I think is very important I think that working on yourself as a person inevitably affects your career you know mm. um, as we say like authenticity is something that is very attractive to the people that you might want to work with and but actually being authentic not trying to find what the hot yeah. thing of the month is in being authentic you know um yeah. yeah actually showing up as yourself and um realizing that the way that you treat people does come back to you you know i don't know if everyone believes in karma and you don't have to but i think that um in your day to day even 
trying to practice that in every interaction that you have. Like, how am I treating this person that's in front of me right now? Not as an mm. actor, but as, as Mike or as Rachel. And then inevitably that becomes the thing that you're always doing, whether you're on set or not. And I think that that is such an important way to go about life in general. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I find myself falling victim. It's usually when I'm just stressed. Yeah. I kind of am so edgy and probably in a bit of fear that something's not going to come together or a deal won't work out or we're going to lose an amazing opportunity. And that sort of heightened stress can lead me to sort of maybe get snappy with someone over the phone. And I've just learned the hard way. It just doesn't work. It's it's not fair on them. Um, and it is you definitely don't get any kind of business done mm. you start behaving like that so I sort of have to really be mindful of myself mm. um one thing that I really notice about MCSM as an agency and I really first and foremost want you to know that I'm not saying this to make you feel good about yourself <laughs> however <laughs> You know, as someone who does look at a lot of agency websites just to see who's on whose books, what do their headshots look like, what are they booking currently, when I look at MCSM and a big reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast is that, you know, at a first glance, all of your actors' headshots are really great. And I can say, you know, I would never name names and say this agent's uh, actor's headshots are awful. But that definitely mm -hmm. makes a difference as someone who is looking at a website and being like, okay, so this is how you are presenting the people that are on your books. So I wondered if that was a thought that you had to be like, okay, this is our brand, I guess. Like what, how do I want to show up as an agency and what do I want um, what we're presenting in the world to look like and, you know, what is the calibre of headshots and showreels that we're presenting to the world? Was that ever a thought that you had or did that kind of come naturally because of what you wanted for your agency? Um, no, no that, that was actually a really a very specific conversation I had with my web designer. I, Because I, in America, their websites are really, they're like a landing page mm. and that's it. That's how a lot of the agency websites work over there so they don't put much gravity into it it's all about name and reputation um whereas here i think we probably have to go a little bit harder um and again you know I've, i sort of noticed a number of websites weren't that um interesting to me from what i'd seen and i really wanted um i wanted something that was exciting and interesting to look at and my first iteration of my mcsm website was appalling um but i couldn't afford anything else i just had to get a friend to it on I can't remember Squarespace or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Wix and or something. Yeah, something <laughs> that was free and easy. And so, you know, and then I sort of realised that even me, myself, looking at my website, I was like, oh, God, that's just not exciting. Um, so when I went and paid way too much money for a professional to get it done, mm. um, that was the biggest thing, is I want those images to be big, clear and really interesting to look at because it's the only thing really, I mean, are people even reading the blurb? I don't know. I read the not. blurb, so. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you did. And, and look at that. I will say a few people read it, but I don't know. I think most people like to just flick to the photos. Who's he representing and what are they doing and what do they look like? And is there anyone like me and um, and whatnot? So I just want it to be nice and clear. Um, and I wanted those headshots to be 
highest res as possible. And I did had some back and forth with my web guy saying, no, that's not good enough. I can't, it can't be grainy. And I was such a pain in the ass as a client. I'm sure of it. I'm sure he was so glad to be done with me. Um, but I wanted to get it right. Mm. Um, so no, look, it did. There was a lot of thought that went into it. And um, I, I'm, I'm happy with how it's out now, yeah. Mm, definitely. And I think we can all kind of take note of that idea of being like you know there is trial and error of finding out um who you are as a creative and how you want to present that online or to other people um and it does take a while but I think it's really important to try and get right because as you say like from an actor's perspective perspective sorry I start to talk fast and I just stumble over my words like podcasters (laughs) all you do is talk and I'm like sometimes I can't even do that (laughs) (laughs) um so you know for example from an actor's perspective show reels I think it's really important to get to a point of there's so much trial and error there's so Mm. much of putting in different scenes when you first started out which you now looking back like that was terrible that did not look like me at all to get to a point of being like okay what scenes do I want to put in my show reel how do I want it to look how high res should it be and you know not necessarily like oh there can't be self-tapes in there there definitely can um, but they need to be good self-tapes that show you and so I think it's similar you know with a website um, for yourself of like oh I'm sure you look back on your old website and go that wasn't me that was an MCSM. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. That's I love that you say that. Yeah, it wasn't me. Mm. I don't know who it was, but it wasn't <laughs> the person I wanted, wanted my agency to be. And mm. it certainly didn't feel like the right expression mm. of what I wanted for my agency. And um, um, and I guess I guess it's a chance to get creative as well, actually, because we're very businessy, you know. So. Um, my chance to get a little bit creative and, and enjoy the process was was that. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I, look, again, I think I spent way too much money on it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's I'm glad where it's at now. So, I think maybe you spent, this is how I try and spin things to be positive. Right. Maybe you spent so much money on it because that's the the worth of your company. And that's like, you know what, I'm... I'm with the high ballers, so I should spend that much money on it. You know, I am that important. You know, MCSM is, uh, you know, uh, the number one Australian agency. So I guess I have to spend that much money. <laughs> but that's one way to, to, to support the notion, so I might roll with that. Mm. Um, oh, I just got ripped off. Is that a um, I do feel like I want a logo refresh. I kind mm-hmm. of feel like, okay, I've enjoyed that for the last few years. I think I want something different and newer as I grow as well. So that's sort of maybe something on the horizon. Mm, that's a whole other thing as well. I definitely like when it when I wanted to update my podcast logo, I was like, oh, what do, what do I want? Like, what do I I know, want to, how, how do cool. I make this look like somewhat similar to the old one? So it's not just like a complete shock to people, but then how do I also go, okay, we're at this level now, guys, you know? Right. It's just, yeah, no, it's the a whole process thing. is painful. I don't want to don't enjoy it, but anyway, mm. it's, 
And I guess it just highlights the idea that everything in the industry takes time and you can never rush the process of whatever it is that you're doing. It takes time to realize these things about your company or about yourself as a creative or about, you know, the material that you have to present. It all takes time and you're never going to come into the industry as a fresh face going oh I know exactly what my showreel should look like I know exactly what my website should look like um that sort of thing and so I know it's one of the hardest things to as creatives I feel like I talk about it all the time and it's one of the things that I'm literally every day reminding myself to not do is not to rush and not to think that time is running out and not to think oh well this person's at that stage and their stuff looks like that why doesn't my stuff look like it because we're the same age so that means something you know it's all about you would have never been able to come into the industry and make an incredible website or just have like all of the amazing actors that you want on your books because it all takes time that's so that's a really good point and something that's so relevant to actors um but also to me as a business person was um underestimating the importance of time you can't fast track relationships as much as i wanted to you just can't Mm -mm. slow um excruciatingly slow process of getting (laughs) people getting them to trust you time and time and time again until it forms into a relationship that has currency but god that has taken so long to get to that place so you can't fast track relationships i don't think you can fast track success and i think um you know it's important that i had to remember not to compare my two years to someone else's 12 years mm. not to compare my insides to someone else's outsides it's kind of um that compare and despair notion that i tell my actors to not fall victim to i kind of have to do it myself and say you know hey these certain agents some agents have been around since 1980 <laughs> yeah. earlier actually i think yeah i think bill shanahan was i, I shouldn't i don't i shouldn't guess i don't know but it's been a long time um um that Shanahan's has been around and so you know you can't compare yourself to that kind of longevity and that time to build extraordinary relationships and extraordinary um business acumen Mm, definitely and so 2016 so that is seven years um six six years yeah you know I went live on the first of January January 2017. I think 16 was kind of more preparation. Okay. So, yeah, I think when I went live, I had like 10 actors and I, the website was up and I was ready to rock. Okay. It was about the very beginning of 2017. So that's like five years, which in the grand yeah. scheme of things is nothing. That's such yeah. a short amount of time. Like, yes, so much can happen in that amount of time. Mm. Like I imagine myself five years ago and I was a completely different person. And I imagine yep. you can say so much has happened in five years. But in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. So we can't say, I've been an agent for five years. Where Where is all of the success that I have wanted for my yeah. company? You know, where is it? Because I, I did five years of it. So come yeah. on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Five years of anything isn't really a long time in the scheme of things. And, you know, this is definitely a game of longevity, like, you know, what I'm seeing more and more, both with myself and the same thing with actors, 
um, if you're comfortable to play the long game and go, this is just simply what I do now, mm. in a forever sense, um, it's much more joyous. Um, I think if I, I do have very specific goals that I want, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and I think they're all, all okay to have those things, but I think a little bit of looseness around them is important. Mm. Um, and to know that if, you know, and a bit of trust as well, mm. I think is important that goes along with any career in this industry is that none of us really have that much control. None of us know what project is around the corner. Um, none of us know which actor's going to take off. Um, none of us know which movie's going to become the next big thing. You know, like, every, you know, it's all, you know, so many variables. And so I think just enjoying the process, um, ensuring that you work hard every day and allowing, I don't know, maybe the universe to sort of lead you a little bit and just trust wherever you end up is where you end up. Mm, definitely. I don't even know if that was an answer to any question, but I just felt like talking about it. So. That's what podcasts <laughs> so are for. Trusted it. Just trusted it. See how Mike trusted the answer to that question, guys? Uh, that's how to do it. Hashtag <laughs> trust. Yeah. Um, well, on that point of the universe thing then, like whether or not people believe that concept or not, um, I'm definitely someone who has that whole, like at the start of the year, I will make up a vision board of mm -hmm. different aspects of my life and what I want to happen in it. And obviously my creative career as an actor and as a podcaster is on there. And I think what is really great about practicing this process, because I think the, you know, the five, 10 year, 15 year plan is great. And as you say, you do have to have a bit of flexibility and leeway around it mm -hmm. and the trust, because, you know, once I put those things on my board, in my mind, they're going to happen or something better. You know, I think yep. that we as humans spend so much time going, oh, but what if it doesn't happen? Oh, but like, I'm silly to think that it would happen. It's like, well, then don't be an actor. Yeah. If you don't think that you can make it as an actor oh. and you can get the things that you want, don't do it. Because if you're going to try and do it, but have the mindset of like, oh, but what if it doesn't? What if I don't, I don't think that I can do it. You're just going to disappoint yourself. So I think going in with the mindset and, you know, you can be specific or you can not be specific. I try not to be very, very specific. Like I'm not sitting down being like, I'm going to get on home in a way yeah. um, that's going to, you know, I'm not saying that sort of stuff, but I am saying, okay, what, what sort of projects excite me? Okay. Comedy is something that I feel super strongly about. And I think that I can definitely do that. So that's going on the board. And then you just go, cool. All right. It's on the board. So nothing else matters. And if it doesn't happen, something better is coming because I'm constantly working my mindset and then also working on, you know, my acting in the exterior to make sure that I'm ready for that thing. And I cannot even tell you the amount of things that have happened and they've been on my board wow. every single year. It's insane. And it just kind of proves the process of like, once it's on the board, I, you go, okay, I trust. All right. Like it's going to happen. You know, you ask me, it's, it's happening whether you like it or not. And it yeah. does, which is crazy. You have to fill me in more about the specifics of this board. I like it. I think that's yeah. the important part, isn't it, is the letting go of it a bit. 
Yeah. And I think that's why I think having those, you know, ambitions, milestones, things you want to achieve in the future are great because they provide hope and excitement, mm-hmm. which is what yes. you um, yep. But I think on the other side is it's really important to then, I think, let it go because, you know, anxiety is simply an attempt to control the future or mm-hmm. control outcomes and there's nothing worse than trying to will an outcome. I mean, I think that's the biggest danger that I see with my actors. Mm. They reach out and say, hey, have you heard anything back from that recall? And it's like, oh, you've got, you can't do that. You mm. can't. You've just got to let it go, mate, because you're going to yeah. nothing you can do. You can't telepathically enforce your desire onto the director. Like, it's just oh. not going to happen. Yeah, and, and it's exhausting as well. Right. Yeah, it's exhausting and it's a wonderful way to create anxiety and discomfort uh, and misery soon thereafter and so yeah I think you know have ambitions dreams clarity vision boards whatnot Um, but at the same time now that it's on the board let it go and trust that wherever you end up is where you end up yeah definitely and it's I think when you're so set on controlling something and being like, this is the way that this thing is going to happen. And so I need to put all my energy into making sure this thing happens. You miss the other open doors and the other opportunities. Whereas when you're sitting back and you're like, I've done all I can done. I've put my tape in, I've auditioned and whatever will be, will be when you step back it might not be that thing, but you there might be another thing over here which you would never see if you're so focused on this one thing, you know? Uh, yeah, it's that ri- the rigidity of the how, I think, gets in the way. I think it's mm. best to focus on what. Like, I want to have a really lucrative, successful career as an actor, that's it. And then mm. allow that to take shape, however it does. Yeah, definitely. I think... You know, before I started podcasting, I think I've told this story so many times on the podcast. But <laughs> I haven't heard it. I will. <laughs> uh, before I started podcasting, the one thing that really frustrated me was I wanted to sit down with so many, you know, people in the industry that I thought, oh, this person, you know, has opportunities for me or I really want to meet this person or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I started podcasting on a completely other idea just being like I like the medium I want to do it I want to interview people in the entertainment industry not just actors and so started doing that and then slowly but surely I was like hang on a second (laughs) I'm sitting down with people that I was looking up to before thinking I'd really love to sit down with them and being able to have an hour-long conversation with the you know really amazing people in the industry and it was just bizarre. I was like, oh, if I had never been curious about podcasting and being like, I can't podcast because I'm an actor yeah. and I need it to be the acting thing yeah. that gets me in the door. If I had not kind of sat back and been like, oh, I guess I'll try podcasting. Like, I guess maybe people might listen to my voice. If I'd never done that, I would never be where I am today which is just crazy. It's a, yeah, because well, that's the thing. You're focused on the what, not the how. Mm, and yeah. you're allowed to be led to what you're doing. It's great. I think it's wonderful. Have yeah. you ever had a break into America? Um, as a podcaster or an actor? Yeah, it was as a podcaster looking at just this specific business model. Have you ever tried to interview Australians over there or sort of go to the next level with your podcasting? 
Yeah, so I have interviewed people in America and um, TBC, there might be one um, very interesting one coming soon, Ooh. which I um, watch will space, eh? <laughs> yeah, watch this space. But definitely like um, now that I have my manager, Liz, who yep. you have also spoken to, yep. um, the great thing about that is that the podcast is moving up a level. And so um, she is amazing in being able to do all of that kind of business side of things. And I just get to go, okay, I sit down for an hour and chat to people. Um, so definitely um, we are looking to expand into America to have conversations with um, different creatives over there. And like, I, you know, it is such a great way to break into, oh, let's get an American casting director on. Oh, now that American casting director knows me. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, you try not to be too snaky about it and not like, oh, I have an ulterior motive, but just uh, having the mentality of being worldwide expansive has, has always been how I've tried to approach being a creative is like, I'm not set in Australia. Like I'm open to the opportunities coming from anywhere in the world. And so be it, you know. Um, I think expansion so... comes from um, excitement. Mm. What's now exciting? Because what yeah. was exciting becomes every day once you're mm. doing it, I think. And so it's like, okay, so what's now exciting? Oh, America. Well, then you just go, that's what I'm going to do then. And yeah. will, I think it will sort of open up. Mm. Uh, I've got some managers that you'd probably like to speak to in America. Well, well, well. <laughs> you know how it works? <laughs> They're awesome, man. They are the best conversationalists you will ever meet. When I, I, I go there once a year, except COVID mm. on that a little bit, of course, but, you know, that's the that's what I've been doing prior to COVID and will keep doing, is you go there once or twice a year and you do the, do, do the rounds and meet all the managers and, you know, they represent Jessica Chastain and Joaquin Phoenix and whatever. Mm. Um, and so they're working at just such an extraordinary level. And the time and energy they gave me was extraordinary unbelievable they were so generous mm-hmm. fantastic talkers because they mm-hmm. have to be it's their thing um and they're very open and generous with their time yeah um and they're always definitely enthused about australians on all levels so mm. they're really great lead-ins to the, yeah. to the industry as those managers they're, they're wonderful Definitely. And I will, we'll chat further after the podcast. (laughs) Yes. But, um, I definitely agree. Like there's the one thing that is, um, really excites me about the industry is the people who, um, you know, you, you really think, oh, they're doing amazing work in whatever job they're doing. Mm. When you do sit down with them and have a conversation, they are the ones that are so generous and have all of these anecdotal stories, which are just like, wow, that's insane. That's so interesting to me. And it's really nice to know that some of the people who are the, the higher up people in the industry are so generous in that way. And, you know, I know that sometimes they can't be with everyone that comes up to them on the street and is like, hello, um, I know you talk to me kind of thing, but in the right environment and in the right situation, they just give you so much, which is, I think because we've all kind of come from the first step that you take into the industry. So they know the process of getting to where you want to be. 
Absolutely. I think um, I think all of us love to talk about our journey, right? Like I, I do. Mm. It's interesting to me and I love sharing it. And I think if anyone is approached with respect, they're pretty keen to open up and say, yeah, this is this was my journey. Let's talk about it. Mm. There are like, I think that there's only a select few that I've come across that are like, Oh, I just I don't want to be in the spotlight. And me, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> um, I, I don't either. I you know it's so funny. I um, when I quit acting and moved away from it and started moving to this um, area of my life and just sort of with maturing and whatnot. And I don't party anymore. Um, I sort of realised, oh, I'm actually more of an introvert. I don't like uh, extroverted yes. behaviour. I find I don't like parties. Um, you know, I'm definitely more of a sit at home and watch Netflix with a mm-hmm. friend type of person or have a dinner with a friend type of guy as opposed to any kind of mm. um, activity that's like really humming with people. And yeah. it was such an interesting thing. I was like, what was I thinking in my 20s then? Did I yeah. once an extrovert that became an introvert? Was I always an introvert? Which is why I found acting so fucking scary. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, That's so interesting because I've had the kind of exact same thing happen where like in my early to mid twenties, I, you know, it was the whole partying thing and yeah. really loved to do that and love to be social. And now um, further on in my career, I'm definitely like, I will pretty much every weekend, I'm just at home um, doing my own thing, like filling my cup back up or as you say, like going for a coffee with someone or something like that. And I think where it comes from, at least for me, is that I think we're so extroverted and just ready to put the energy into our craft and our careers and where we want to put it that when we do have that time to relax it's like okay now it's me time I need to take a step back there's no need to continuously put out energy at those parties to all of those people like I don't have a need for that I'm like I'm doing my thing over here now and I need this time to because my focus is now on this my focus isn't like we have to get drunk on the weekend and have some fun and have some experiences which is fun at the time yeah. but hangovers are really really awful now so yeah right and i know when i was younger i and also i just made friends made so many friends when i was younger just anyone like mm. we'll be best friends now mm-hmm. and i've gone the other way as I'm, yeah. I'm so particular with who i want to hang out with and i love my mm-hmm. close-knit group of friends and i just can't be bothered with um you know anyone or behavior that i'm just not aligning with anymore so yeah it's it's so interesting i just i do feel like i've moved into a grumpy old man type (laughs) i do hope i don't solidify like that but yeah i have to say any kind of extrovertity limelighty stuff not my jam anymore i leave that Mm -mm. you take the limelight (laughs) Um, i'm gonna sit at home with a cup of herbal tea (laughs) um any series that's coming out. What are you watching? I just watched Wolf Like Me on Stan. Oh, yeah. yeah, good. Oh, yeah. And I'm also watching, re-watching um, Barry on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Binge. Good. Oh, I love it so much. It is, the <laughs> if you haven't seen Barry, go and watch it. As an actor, you should go and watch it Everything because is. it's a... 
a very interesting slap in the face of the reality of acting classes. Um, is, it the, is it the Fonz is the acting teacher, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it's good. I just watched um, Inventing Anna, which is unbelievable. <gasps> Was it amazing? Okay, I really want to watch it. One day. I literally started it at lunchtime on a Saturday. Yeah. Oh, what's this? And then realised, oh, this is that true crime story that I read yeah. a while ago. And then I couldn't stop until 10 o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. I, just, I went for it. And mm-hmm. it was so good. I also will say Euphoria is some of the greatest television that has ever been written and performed. I think it's, and directed is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Two is rocking me and Succession is just like, don't even, don't even get me started. On Succession <laughs> with how good it is. Yeah. There's so much good TV coming out at the moment, which I'm really um, excited about, especially with, um, you know, we are seeing that move into filming in Queensland um, for a lot of big productions and um, obviously Adelaide as well and filming here and in um, Victoria. And that's really exciting to see all of these really large American um, actors coming over to film um, projects here. It's yeah. like, it's, um, yeah, I, I have high hopes. <laughs> I know. Look at, yeah, the COVID sort of started that trend a little bit. They sort of came over here through necessity. A few, sorry, a few additional projects that probably wouldn't have been filmed here came mm. over through a certain kind of necessity because America hadn't got their head around, fully around figuring out COVID protocols on set and whatnot, I think. Mm. Um, I, and I hope that trend kind of stays. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, some good stuff was shot up in Byron and um, down in Melbourne and Adelaide. Um, we had Liam Neeson here. We got George and Julia up up in Queensland. I'm not sure if they're still here. Mm. Um, obviously, that um, Nine Perfect Strangers in Byron. There was some really cool stuff. Mm. And there's a sci-fi feature down in Victoria at the mo- moment, which has um, Saoirse Ronan and Paul can't remember his last name he was from normal people um they're shooting a big um feature down there which i was like Saoirse's in australia because i just love her so much and how could you not because she's such a an amazing actor so well mike we have been talking for a while so um we can i'm proud of this yes i know we talked for a whole hour how did we do it i don't know Just love talking. Um, before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, any social medias, any websites or anything like that? Oh, um, I, I, I love followers on my Insta. MCSM <laughs> underscore. But no, I don't know. I don't know. I, email me if you have any questions about the industry. That's, kind mm. of, that's my plug. Yes, email Mike and tell him that you liked the episode. But, yeah, that's always I'll nice. take that. I'll do that. Yeah. It's such yeah. a to be asked to come on and talk um, about everything. Did we, we sort of talked about spirituality and Netflix more than the industry, which I'm cool with. 
Well, that's what that's what the people like. Well, that's what I like. Um, because I think it's just like, you know, as I said to you, we can sit here and give an hour of advice to actors and be like, if you want to approach an agent, this is what you should do. But that information's already out there. Yeah. People don't know who Mike is from MCSM necessarily unless they they have the chance to sit down and have a full-on conversation with you. And when they don't have that, they can come and listen to the podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love mm. it. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here on a Saturday and um, I look forward to talking to you soon. Uh, thank you.